0: Good evening, good day, welcome to another session of the JMJ Missions Podcast Season 2, our second season. Sounds pretty cool and uh, legit to say that, so we're happy to have uh, the listeners, we're happy to have a new season here. I believe it's our second official episode. That's right, we had a special last week. We had a special, so last week didn't really count as like an episode of the season, even though it had all the makings of a a normal episode. So thank you and welcome back. Uh, we hope you've had a good, however long it's been since you listened to our last podcast. Um, if you want to find us, again, we have a website, jmjmissions.com. Um, jmjmissions is our name in pretty much everything, like Facebook and at jmjmissions handle for Instagram, for Twitter, TikTok, uh, for TikTok, YouTube. and of course, our YouTube video. We just released a new video on YouTube. It's called Epicureanism. Versus existentialism versus Catholicism. For those that are into philosophy, it's a little philosophical. A little bit of a different route for our videos. So we hope you uh, can catch a glimpse of that, which was released just a couple days ago. Rock did a fantastic job on that. Uh, also, myself and Anthony, we give talks. So you can book us, um, jmjmissions.com. Uh, and finally, if you want to support us, Anchor. Uh, and our website also has a GoFundMe, uh, which we started initially to help uh, help us get you know a kind of a kickstart with our podcast and with our um, with our ministry in general, our team. So thank you so much for all your support, for your prayers, and for anything financially that you do. Uh, so uh, before we start, we have small talk. Um, weirdly enough, I didn't even ask Anthony in any way, shape, or form if he even had a small talk. Anthony, oh, but I did.
1: Something? I did and I do. Okay, good. good. All right. So, <laughs> Ready for it? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, the question is, what is the most embarrassed you've ever been in your entire life? Or what's oh, the most gosh. embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you?
0: Most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to yeah. me. Yeah. This is a loaded <laughs> small talk. <laughs> <And> the <laughs> things I don't know if I'm willing to share. You gotta give me time to prep
2: for something like that. Well, right. I don't I know mean, if I'm... Hey, you wanted authenticity. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I'm willing to share this with the world. Could I start? Go ahead. Sure. Okay. So you
0: seem <clears throat> eagerly
1: um, ready. So. Yeah. It's not the most embarrassing thing, but it's a embarrassing thing that happens to me. I was taking my Calculus 4 final at Rutgers, an auditorium full of 150 kids with little tiny desks in front of you in an auditorium. Picture like your high school auditorium. That was the classroom. So we're taking the final exam. It's a three-hour final exam. I had to go to the bathroom. About an hour in, you know, I, I had to just... got to do what you got to do. So in college, you don't have to ask to go to the bathroom. You just get up and go. And that's what I have been used to because this is my third or fourth year in college at this time. So I get up. And I walk to the back of the auditorium, and all of a sudden, the professor, who was a really old guy, probably 80, and I'm pretty sure he was from Ukraine, and he saw me exiting the room, and in the loudest, like, screeching voice, he just yelled, excuse me. <laughs> and then all 150 kids in the auditorium whipped their head around as fast as they could. Wow. And then I'm just standing there, and then, like, and, I don't, and he was addressing me. And then he starts. He starts walking up to me, and everyone is staring at at him the whole entire time. I don't know why he didn't have a conversation with me from there. He could have just. (laughs) So he walked up to me and he said, "Where do you think you're going?" Right. I said, "I'm going to the bathroom." He said, "Where's your cell phone?" I said, "It's in my pocket." He said, "Give it to me." I said, "Okay." And then and then I left. Like I went to the bathroom and I came back and I finished the test and I failed. (laughs) <laughs> um what's oh, isn't it? Every, everyone was looking like at you. i was just how many mad. kids were there 150 literally oh, 100 geez. that's not even an exaggeration was it, it was one of those like, huge testing rooms giant well no that was where we had class was every it day actually in that's, the auditorium that's where we had class every wow. single day Oof. yeah and nuts i was just i was so embarrassed because like that time that he took to walk all the way to the back of the auditorium felt like an eternity with all mm-hmm. 150 kids looking at me and he could have just been like hey if you're going to the bathroom just all you have to do is just put your phone in the box you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's all he had to do. Right. So, not to embarrass you. Yes, yeah, so that was embarrassing. There's other things, but maybe I'll share it after, depending on what you guys share.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, so, there's some embarrassing things that are, like, people wouldn't understand. Yeah. So, I would, you know, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that were, it would actually be funny and not just, like, what? Um, Let's see. Uh, when I was in second grade, I went through a phase where I would rock my chair back and forth.
1: I can see where this is going. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> in the whole no, it might have been first grade. In front of the entire class, my chair just totally flipped over. I so landed do- on the floor. <laughs> that was pretty embarrassing. So everybody, everybody laughed. Laugh? Yep. Everyone laughed at me. And for a, for a first grader, that's like the end of the world. <laughs> that's like, you know, my whole world just came crashing down on me, not in a very good way. I'm gonna think of a better one. Rock, go ahead. What do you got?
2: Um I have I have a bunch of different stories. I, I work at a restaurant. I have a bunch of different stories. I don't know if I don't know if it was embarrassment or just uh humility like a test of humility i don't really i don't really know uh what that would be but i would say um <laughs> never mind i was gonna get a little personal but i don't i'm not comfortable with it okay so, uh <laughs> from the occasional stuff at the restaurant other than that i don't have anything to say
0: what about the crunchy rice story that was see that's wait, what i
2: mean that wasn't really a, like an embarrassing thing wait rock didn't you like like, like I, that's just something i kind of endured right <laughs> like you know like it was i wasn't really embarrassed by it yeah it didn't, was awkward
1: rock didn't you like throw up on a date <laughs> 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 is that where he was that what rock was gonna
2: say but didn't
0: <laughs> sorry rock <laughs> <laughs> let's say the girl's name out there while we're at it no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, her name <laughs> was. No, <I'm> just kidding.
2: <laughs> well, I have I I I've had multiple experiences with vomiting and <laughs> being on dates, and um, whether if it's the time where I the girl was home from college on Christmas break and I had just eaten a huge BLT sandwich <laughs> and oh, I really th- wanted to see her and she BL... told me and she told me to come by because I liked her and I think she liked me a little bit so I wanted to see her on Christmas break. And so I get there, and I had all this... BLT. BLT in my (laughs) tummy. (laughs) All the bread and the bacon and the tomato. (laughs) French fries, too. French fries. Uh. Oh, my gosh. I just housed this thing. (laughs) And I started to get, like, really nervous because she looked really, really pretty. And when I get nervous in those situations, (laughs) it manifests itself in, like, just straight throwing up. Oh, (laughs) poor guy. Uh, It's just symptomatic, I guess, of, of... the stress and anxiety I'm feeling in that moment. <laughs> like you know, like you guys have been on dates, like uh it's it's not typical butterflies. No, it's worse. For me. It's yeah. it's butterflies to the fiftieth power. Yeah, yeah, like like and like I literally have no control over. It. I think it's like <laughs> so you were spiritual in, or something. You were inside her house. Yeah. I was inside her house and um with her grandmom there too, yeah. right? Her grandmom was there and we're we're sitting in the living room. And we're talking and like, I'm fine. And then out of nowhere, uh, I start feeling it like it has to come up. Like I start (laughs) feeling it coming up yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do because here's this girl that I really like, here's her grandmom and I'm, I feel trapped. I'm, I'm in the living room. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so they're in the middle of talking to me, and I just like I just get up and walk away because I because I excuse you, myself to go to the bathroom. So you didn't even say excuse me to go to the bathroom. You just no. got up awkwardly and left the room. Yeah. Oh did you know God. where the bathroom was? I did. Thank God. Uh, so I <laughs> went in there and I just if you didn't, you just had, would have had to leave the water. See, would have had to just go out to your car. Or, like, if I didn't get up out. at all, I would, just, would have just went everywhere, like in the oh, living room. My. Like the carpets were so nice and vacuumed oh too. Like God. they would have just been witnessing me going. Bleh! Like <laughs> oh my- that's em- that's embarrassing. Oh, so yeah. I got up, did my business in the bathroom, came back about five minutes later. I start feeling it coming up again. Oh no! So okay, I, again, again, they're, I- again, they're talking to me, and I just get up, and like they're, <laughs> they're looking at me like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Like, you just went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh. Why are you getting up again and like leaving us? That was yeah. you just went five minutes ago." So I get up. Go do my business. Come <laughs> out, and then literally um, about a minute later, the the girl I liked had to use the bathroom. So oh, no. my So uh, that oh, no. her going in there followed two episodes of me just oh. vomiting my guts out. And I gotta <laughs> say, I really appreciate the sound effect. Oh that was, yeah, that was, sure, that was yeah. Well, I have some experience with sound design. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's. But I would say I remember going out to eat with a girl that I liked when I was like eighteen and. Like we both got food and didn't eat it. That's how. That's how we expressed nervous. our nervousness, right? Yeah. But I don't know if
2: I. For for me, for me it's it's uh it's just it's really bad. Oh. Um, and it sucks.
0: Well, you know what? We all need humility. This is a very. It's very humbling to share that, and it's very real and human and authentic. Yeah, that's something that got and like very that's something likes. we
2: talk about, and we do. You know, that's something it. I talk about with these yeah. guys all the time, and we there's there's not really to be all that. Um, I guess. Uh, self-conscious about that because I, I think like if I were to share that with a girl or we were to share with any girl our, our deepest insecurities, they that would actually flatter them in a way. Yeah. Because it's, it's like it's, courage. Up. it's It takes a lot of courage to share your deepest parts about yourself. And well, you know, like nobody is without
0: embarrassing moments. We are all so human. We're all so flawed. We live in this fallen world where like accidents happen and things happen and there's not one person in this world that does not have at least one one big probably a lot more than that embarrassing story to share just nobody shares it because why we get a little insecure and embarrassed so when you do share it like you said people don't think differently of you usually they're very comforted and they think oh i have a few stories like that myself i wish i had the courage to share it too yeah and and if you can laugh about it oh my gosh laughing at it helps a lot it's also a little bit of a victory for christ when you laugh about the things that are like you're insecure about because you're you're reaffirming that, you know, your identity is not in those moments. Your identity is in Jesus. Therefore, those moments don't get to you, and you can freely, happily share those moments and not be embarrassed. So actually, <laughs> as St. Paul says, in my weakness, I'm strong. You share your embarrassing moments is a victory for Christ. I'm going to share one more real quick. Go ahead. I, was, uh, I had to give a talk, a mission at a, a church here in New Jersey. It's given like a four-day mission. So what I had to do is before these, these you know, weekly missions that I give talks at, I would normally go up after communion at the weekend masses beforehand and give a little pitch about myself and about JMJ missions and what the talks are going to be on to kind of advertise it. (laughs) So this one church is a huge, gigantic church, by the way, there was tons of people there. It was a gigantic building. It was new, beautiful church. So for whatever reason, the priest celebrating mass had not been informed that I was coming up to speak after communion. So I get there for mass uh, just in time, by the way, because I was just barely there in time for communion because I was, I was, you know, didn't time. I'm, I'm always late. That's one embarrassing thing about me. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have no time management. I have no concept of time. Something I'm working on keeps me humble. So <laughs> so quiet down. <laughs> so so I get there just in time for communion. I rush in. I'm, 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 I'm in a tizzy. I come in the wrong entrance. So I walk in the entrance that's like already up near the altar as it is. I walk in the church looking around. Everyone's just staring at me. And I'm like, well, you know what? And I'm all like out of breath i'm like all right well you know this is fine because in a second i'm gonna go up and speak and they'll know why i'm here so the priest the communion ends and i'm looking at the priest waiting to come i'm like i walk up next to the altar so i'm in front of the entire church and everyone can see me just standing there looking there <laughs> grinning like an idiot right trying to smile act happy so I'm waiting for the priest to call me up he just doesn't the priest you know puts the eucharist back in the tabernacle sits down i'm like okay and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. Someone else is gonna come up and announce it. Person comes up, gives closing announcements, doesn't even look at me. I'm just standing there next to him. I'm
1: like, okay, Wait, like next to the pulpit, like you're the pulpit. You I was just standing. I was just standing there. You weren't right. sitting.
0: No, I was standing there in front of the entire church. No one has any idea why I'm there. They don't know who I am from Adam, right? So then I'm thinking, all right, it's okay because I'll signal the priest. He'll remember. Oh, this guy's supposed to speak. He probably just forgot. The priest gets up. Uh, to grab the to to, um, to walk back down the altar, so he's getting up. He goes to bow to the altar to walk to the back of the church, and he sees me, and he didn't recognize me. I smile, hey, hey, I'm looking at him, and I wave at him. Uh-huh. He just gives me a weird look and just walks to the back of the church. <laughs> Mass is over, <laughs> yeah. and I'm left there just standing there, gr- grinning like an idiot in front of the entire church to this day they don't know why I was up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> they so, never like, will. That was really embarrassing. <laughs> Unless they hear this podcast. Unless they hear the podcast, I'm sure the people that attended the mission figured it out. Yeah. But like that was just me standing in front of 5, 600 people for no apparent reason smiling at them and that's all that happened. So um, that was kind of embarrassing and that was only a year ago. That was not that long ago. But, <laughs> I have one more. Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> this has been a very good small talk.
1: <laughs> I was also on a date, Rock. That's what made me this that's what triggered this memory. And I was on a date and I think I ate really quickly, because I was hungry. And I ate, like, a giant, huge cheesesteak. Yeah. Like, it, al- fr- it, it always
2: al- starts with food.
1: Yeah, like fried onions, the whole and nine And then yards. you're pretty much, yeah. Yeah, french and fries. And, like, there wasn't, down. like, a single ounce of food left on my plate. And it was actually, it was the first date, and it was also a double date. So it was the first time I met the girl mm-hmm. in person. And then I'm also there with her two best friends, like, who were a married couple. Um. So it was three people I didn't know. And we were in Philadelphia. And I just ate a cheesesteak and then and I'm trying to make conversation with them. I'm trying to be polite and stuff I know like this that. Story. And I was, and all of a sudden, uh, one of them is talking to me and I just start seeing black spots. Mm-hmm. I start seeing like black specks. Yeah. And then I just got They're really very hot. Well. Like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like it wasn't it was like January and it was like raining, so it wasn't hot. Yeah. All of a sudden I felt like it was about six thousand degrees. Yeah. And i was thinking, What is happening? And like I feel my blood go from like my toes back up to my head and I'm like, I don't know what I just need to get away from this table. That, that's all yeah. I knew. So like the girl was like in mid sentence, kind of like what happened to you, and I just got up and walked away. And as I was trying to make it to the bathroom, I like I, I fainted. So like I just <laughs> I just crumpled, but I was still conscious. So yeah. then like I crumpled down and did they I was, see you? No, oh. I hope not. <laughs> and then I was right outside the door of the bathroom. So I had to like I was like crumpled down like like a catcher, uh-huh. like like in a ca- like in a baseball like a catcher. Position, right outside of the bathroom. Right outside door? the bathroom door. So then I was like... So you're got-
2: technically still in the restaurant. I'm still in the, like, the dining area. I'm still in the dining area. And people just see you squatting down like, like Mike catcher. Lieberthal. Yeah, like
1: like <laughs> So then I was like, I got to make it through this door. So I made it through the door, and then I just sat up against the wall in the bathroom because I didn't have any energy. Like, my energy was gone. I didn't know what was happening. And then, you know when you sit up against, like, the wall, and you have one leg straight and one leg crumpled? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Like so that's the I've
2: posi- I've been in that position literally yeah that position so like so I'm many sit- times in my life in a bathroom stall <laughs> yeah, so, Just oh staring my- at the ceiling exactly <laughs> with one leg crumpled yeah, and, and one like, leg like yeah, like, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm demonstrating it <laughs> yeah.
1: so then I'm sitting there and with one leg crumpled and one leg straight with and on the bathroom floor like I'm looking straight and I see sinks like two, like people washing their hands and now like one dude came out of the stall he was doing his business. Hey you
2: didn't even go into a stall No
1: I didn't go in the stall I was just in the common area of the bathroom. Why didn't you go into a stall? I, didn't, I couldn't make it there so I was just there and I was like right I was right on the other side of the sinks like so that one dude comes out of the stall and looked at me on the floor and then proceeded to wash his hands to dry his hands and walk out of the bathroom and then another guy walked in the bathroom and you just sit there making eye the contact just staring at him and then he made eye contact with me this guy that walked in and then he went to the he went he did a thing and washed <laughs> his hands and left and I'm still just in there oh my still in that God. position yeah and then I had to like regather myself and then I like stood up and like brushed myself off and I don't know how much time went by Hopefully, it wasn't like a half hour. <laughs> and then I came back out There's to the There's no table.
2: concept of, of, of time. Like nothing happened. When you're undergoing those symptoms. Oh yeah. uh, yeah. my god! And I didn't it's, tell her. It actually feels like an eternity. It does. I, it and really does. Yeah. And it could only be th- a few minutes, but it feels like it's lasting forever. Right. And that, so it may have been a panic a, attack.
1: It may like have been that. a panic attack. And I think it was the first time I ever had that in my life. And honestly, it was the only time I ever had that in my life. But since then, I've been afraid of that happening again. Yeah. So now, if like I go on a date, I'm like. Am I gonna faint? And <laughs> then I then sure. I and then I start because to now worry it's about in your head. Oh, poor, yeah.
0: Poor guy. Yeah. And um,
2: that's, it's that's the a, it's the worst. The <laughs> eye yeah.
0: contact was the very worst. Part yeah. of that. Like, but like you think one of them would say, just... like, hey
2: buddy, okay? Like you know what I mean? Like just made eye contact. Like deep. I
0: would have been like, dude, you're gosh, the eye contact is the worst. All right. Music has been wonderful. Yeah, you know what? Let's take a break. Um, I don't have a segment of of like a music segment for after small talk. Maybe we'll add that in there for this season. So yeah, let's see. Small talk
1: usually doesn't take 20 minutes either. That's true, but it's been
0: wonderful. I mean, (laughs) I've, I've cracked up, so yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back in like a few seconds. All right. Okay, so speaking of embarrassing moments with, with uh, well, ladies, with, with girls, which is, you know, one of the most nerve-wracking things for a young guy, we felt our topic today, on that note, not that it was planned, <laughs> was, uh, what should be, uh, relationships and purity. And um, why our society can't seem to, like, get a grip on relationships and actually have good relationships where people are pure. Dangers that come with that. So, a real, real uh, interesting podcast today the only thing is we were trying to think of a subtopic like what about purity and chastity and relationships should we say and um we couldn't think of anything which means we felt maybe the holy spirit just wanted to do this for us yeah uh every now and then actually while you should plan it is good to leave room for the holy spirit in the faith whether you're a priest giving a homily whether you're someone like me or anthony giving a talk uh whether you are um doing a podcast sometimes it's good not to prepare anything um just to let the holy spirit you know, kind of lead everything. Um, one of our, uh, our patrons and uh, the woman who really inspired our conversions, servant of God, Maria Esperanza. When she would give a talk, she'd have pretty much nothing prepared. She would just get up in front of however many people, whether it was 10 people or a few thousand and just go <laughs> whatever God wanted her to say. Mother Teresa, same thing. Uh, we met a priest, um, uh, father Gus um, Paleo, uh If you guys remember him, mm-hmm. he came to Venezuela on a trip with us, a pilgrimage. And he worked at, it was either Yale or Cornell, I think. Uh, It might have been Cornell. And Mother Teresa came to give a talk back in maybe the 80s. And he was one of the head people there that got her there because he was a teacher at Cornell uh, in theology or something like that. And so it was his job to organize Mother Teresa's talk. And when she arrived, she comes out of the car and he's like showing her the university and like, you know, getting her ready to go to the stage, the big auditorium where she's giving this speech in front of hundreds of students and i believe it was televised so as they're walking to the stage or to, to the room he says mother do you know what you're gonna say to everybody and apparently she just looked at him just shrugged her shoulders like no <laughs> as they're wow. like that casually <laughs> yeah as a speaker i wish i could have that kind of trust in the holy spirit but it really does work because when you when you don't plan out too much um then it's from the heart mm-hmm. you're saying what's coming to you from your heart because you mean it not because you are trying to say the perfect things that you think people want to hear, not because it's super planned out, super clear cut. Um, and people tend to listen more uh, when, it, you know, the, the less you could look down at your notes, the more you can bullet point a talk or just kind of go from your heart, the more people listen. Mm-hmm. So having said all that and having stalled a little bit, can you guys think of anything that the Holy Spirit would like to get at when it comes to the subject of chastity, purity, or relationships?
1: Sure. I think a good place to start, a good question is kind of how far is too far? Like what's a sin? What's not a sin? Like, uh, if you're dating, like, yeah, it's how far is too far?
0: Okay, uh, great question. Um, a great resource to go to. Two incredible Catholic speakers, very funny, very holy, very, very, um, just renowned speakers in the in the Catholic world in the U.S. Jason and Crystalina Christ- Everett.
1: That's actually where I got this question from. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. Um, they give a great answer to this. Um, number one, a weird answer is a kind of a punt to the question. Uh, one one of the things that they say is that you really shouldn't ask that question mm-hmm. because asking how far is too far, like how far can I go before I'm like in mortal sin or venial mm-hmm. sin with a girl or a guy in a relationship if I'm outside of marriage, which obviously we get that question a lot as teachers from students when we talk about purity. Um, that's not a question you should be asking because that means your heart's moving in the wrong direction. That's an Old Testament mentality. You think about the Old Testament. God gave um, 10 commandments and many other laws to the to the Israelites and to the eventually to the Jews. Um, to keep them in line, to make sure evil didn't infiltrate their hearts and souls and their nation. Now, the problem was a lot of the mentality back then was, well, those, those commandments are way up here. And I'm signaling <laughs> above my head right now <laughs> with my hand. Those commandments are way up here. I don't feel like doing that. They seem hard. It's like, I, you know, keep holding the Sabbath. Well, I don't feel like doing that. Okay, God, I guess I'll try to because you, you command it. But I don't want to. It's not in my heart to do it. What does Christ do? He enters into your heart. He lights you up from the inside out. So with Christ, when he comes, now because his grace is now moving through you, especially through the sacraments, you actually want to do the right thing. He lights you up and gives you a complete heart transformation to the point where you're not asking, how far can I get until it's a sin? Like, oh, how much fun can I have? Because that means you're you're moving in the wrong direction, away from God, away from innocence. Your heart actually is filled with this light and this goodness that says, what can I do right? Not how Mm -hmm. far can I go wrong? what can I do right? God, uh, Christ makes it fun to be a saint. He makes it fun to be holy and exciting. So actually not quite an uh, answer. Number one to that question is try not to ask that question because when you have Jesus in your heart, you're not going to be thinking how far can I get with someone? You're going to be thinking, how can I make that person's day and bring the Lord into their heart?
1: Right. I was just going to say that the real question should be, how can I properly and authentically love this person? Exactly. And that includes loving their soul. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And if you're not thinking that, if, if Anthony's saying that to you, Oh, how can I authentically love this person in their soul? If that doesn't sound appealing to you, um, I'm not going to try to judge the listener. Whoever's listening to this, whoever needs to hear this, no judgment coming from us. But I would, I would propose to you that maybe you need a spiritual transformation. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to spend some time in prayer because someone who has Christ in their heart doesn't get annoyed by those kinds of things. They mm-hmm. think they get excited to think, okay, how can I love them? Right. So if you don't feel excited to see how you can love that person truly, mm-hmm. then you need to ask for the Lord's help because Jesus makes it exciting to do. Right. It. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. What would you say to someone that, like, asks or says, would propose to you, well, my partner, the, my boyfriend and I, <clears throat> we don't have to wait till marriage because we just love each other. Mm-hmm. We love each other. Okay, great question. Can I answer that?
1: Yeah. Go um, for it. My answer would be that love, like I kind of said a second ago, includes the soul. Mm-hmm. So if you actually authentically love the person, that means that you wouldn't want to bring your partner's soul into sin. Sure. And possibly jeopardize risking their soul can i play devil's advocate real quick yeah go ahead
0: what if they say well i that's why i don't think sex before marriage is a sin so i think if we're having sex before marriage i don't think it's a sin at all i don't think i'm hurting their soul
1: well because there's not a the binding contract of marriage isn't there yet Ah, so then you could i could just not me but i like the person could just dip and leave the next day yep and there would be nothing preventing that
0: yeah that's a a great answer Mm -hmm. that was really good and Actually, I'm teaching the students theology. I play devil's advocate on my own oh, question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> People could still do that in marriage, too. Use each other?
1: No, like dip. Oh, dip. Yeah.
0: True, but technically you can't. You're not Technically, you're to. always married. Yeah. Technically, you mm-hmm. can't. Like, God's our eyes. church does not believe in divorce yeah. unless there's an enoma. So technically, like you could dip, but you're still, <laughs> you're yeah. still married. Mm-hmm. This is why you have to pick someone to marry that you are 100% convinced. They're making you a better person. They're in it for the long run. They share your values. They're, they they understand that what marriage is and the permanence of it. You need when you pick someone to marry, you got to make sure that they will never. It's someone that would never ever question it. You know, um, cause or that's, dip that's, or dip, right? <laughs> <laughs> question it or dip on you. Um, it's weird because I'm teaching the students about theology of the body. Pope John Paul II um, gave incredible talks. I think most of them were in the 80s in his Wednesday audiences, and he opened up about the church's teaching on sexuality in ways that nobody had done before. Vatican II called for a little bit of an opening up on sexuality because society was talking about it so much more, and it was so you know pervasive by that point. John Paul gave, I think it was over five, six years, something like that. Like almost every Wednesday audience, he'd say the Angelus and everything, and then he just started like teaching about sex and about the human body mm-hmm. and about, about human love, um, kind of a surprise to people. These teachings are so deep and they're so brilliant, and so holy. His understanding of God's designs and God's intentions with our bodies, with our relationships with human love is so incredible that um, people, tons of people studied it, organized it, combined them all, all these teachings, and called it Theology of the Body, which, Anthony, it's weird because Anthony uh, brought up the idea of maybe we should talk about purity today, and uh, I'm teaching this to my students currently right now. And the answer that John Paul gives um, is that, um, and that Theology of the Body tends to give in general, is that the body can speak either truths or lies. If you are having sexual contact with somebody and you're not married, it's a lie. It's actually based on a lie because your body is saying one thing. Your bodies are saying we are connected. We are giving ourselves to each other. But unless you are married, your souls are not connected. So your bodies are saying one thing. Your minds and your souls are saying another. Huh. That's why it's based on a lie. You don't know if you're 100% married. You do not know that your souls are completely bound I should say, until you're married. Mm -hmm. Until you're up on that altar, God has not taken your soul and your fiancé's soul or your girlfriend or boyfriend, even though you may very much love each other and have affection for each other, he has not united your souls and cemented them as one until you're up on that altar. Mm -hmm. And until then, even if you do think you love each other, and you may, um, any sexual activity before that is based on a lie. It's only of the body. It's not of the soul. Um, John Paul would say something like, Sex becomes so beautiful and so wonderful and so awesome and better when you, are, you have that assurance that the soul and the body are united and that you really are giving yourselves to each other. When is the only time that's happening? In marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, what advice would you guys give to somebody who's trying to find <laughs> someone who agrees with this? <laughs> because Like, a, very... like a, a partner that would agree Yeah, with let's it. say you're single. You're looking for a good Catholic girl or guy or, or mm-hmm. Christian even, uh, girl or guy that actually agrees with this stuff and wants to wait and understands it, what kind of advice would you give?
1: Should you settle? No, you definitely shouldn't settle. I would say the best place to look for something like this would be in a place where someone would understand it, like a church. Right. Like maybe it's a young adult group. Uh Um, Because people that are there are practicing the faith or at least doing their best to acquire virtue. So they would definitely be more open to these concepts that the world is definitely not open to. Like if you go to a random bar, Mm it doesn't mean you're not going to find someone who's – can agree with these very important. It also doesn't
2: mean they won't have a conversion either. Yeah, like that's true. You can be a good example for them. That's, yeah, that's true. You can be a good so example. How do you, for yeah. Them. So mm-hmm. w- w- would you advise maybe just testing it out for a little while? And if, if it's just these both incongruent, if it's like two incongruent, like both of you, yeah, as far as your views, Maybe then you it's would not going to work out, and you, you, you would have to walk go away separate ways. at that point. Yeah, this is, that's a
0: case-by-case case thing you need mm-hmm. to ask the advice of the Holy Spirit on, because yeah. there are some people, you know, there are a lot of people with good hearts out there that just have not been catechized or educated in the faith, that if they had, you know, been taught about the faith, their hearts would be all in it. Uh, how So, like, you can find a lot of good people out there like that. Uh, a lot of people that aren't super devout on the surface, but underneath it is if they're pushed the right way, they can be. Here's the problem, though. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is missionary dating. Like yeah, dating someone to convert. Yeah, dating someone to fix them. Because what mm-hmm. often happens, and we see this in the Old Testament. In fact, one of the first stories of the Bible in Genesis is um, Adam and Eve have two sons, Cain and Abel. Everybody knows about that. Obviously, Cain kills Abel, so Abel's gone. What most people don't realize or talk about is Adam and Eve's other son, Seth. Seth is, like, decent. He's good. He hasn't been corrupted by sin the way Cain has. So God banishes Cain to the east because he's been corrupted by sin to get him away from Seth. He's kind of quarantining Seth and Cain from each other um, because the cure for sin, Jesus, hasn't come yet. Here's the problem, though. Down the line, Seth has many descendants, and they're all pretty good. They kind of inherit his righteousness. And Cain has many descendants, and they inherit his violence, his sin, his corruption. What happens is that it says the sons of, of heaven, meaning what we think that means is men from Seth's line, good men who have been corrupted by sin started to marry the daughters of earth what, what they believe that translation means a lot of theologians especially in the catholic world believe that that means that the men from seth's line who were uncorrupted by sin found the women young women from cain's line who were corrupted by sin found them attractive and not and not thinking into it not thinking about the values and the and the that go, that go into it they married these women um based on their looks pretty much because he felt they found them beautiful and then instead of pulling them up pulling these women out of sin which mm-hmm. was un- impossible pretty much back then before christ unless god had in a very special way given you a grace for it like the prophets but outside of that it's really hard to pull somebody out of sin before jesus um they were pulled down mm-hmm. by by the um the women of earth meaning right the daughters of cain's line mm-hmm. uh that story very early on is the first example of like you don't date someone that's not on your same level spiritually because often they will bring you down or at least not trying to be exactly Uh exactly and Um, and not
1: that we're like that you're better than them but it's mm -hmm. like a it definitely helps. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You never want to think helps. you're snobby. like yeah. come off snobby, like, like oh, I'm holier I'm... than you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I pray two rosaries, you pray one. <laughs> like right, <laughs> because yeah. that
0: because that'll mess a person up too. Because mm-hmm. if, if you treat them that way in a relationship, like you're holier, because like you may yeah. not be holier, but they just may be on a different spiritual level. So. Uh-huh. That is something you really got to feel out. If they're a wonderful person that genuinely seems open to the Catholic teachings, you you, you draw a line in the sand when it comes to purity, when it comes mm-hmm. to how far you're going to go, which is hopefully no sin at all, and they're okay with that, they honor that, and they seem open to the faith, they seem like they're genuinely learning, and you're both growing together, then yes, I think it could work because there's so few people out there that really do know how to do it the right way. But that's really um, – you got to be very cautious and very prudent about dating someone that is not – actively pr- practicing the faith the way you are mm-hmm. i think most of the time as a general rule be cautious about it I, mm-hmm. I would not date someone unless i really felt the holy spirit strongly telling me obviously i'm married but if i wasn't married or if before i was married it would be like you, you shouldn't date somebody unless you really feel the holy spirit urging you and telling you it's okay they have a wonderful heart they're open and you're looking at all the good fruits and they're getting closer to god but as a general rule i would avoid it mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, so, purity, very, very important. Uh, what effect do you guys think impurity has on your soul? Because some students tell me, well, Mr. P, with impure sins, you know, with um, the typical stuff you hear about, you know, pornography, fornication, stuff before marriage, well, I'm not hurting anybody. So, why why is it so bad? What would you guys have to say about someone that would say, I'm not hurting anybody? It distorts
2: anyone? Your, your, your view of, of how you should view women mm-hmm. Okay. instead of objectifying them and seeing them as a as a beautiful creation of of God. Mhm. And that's what it does. Right. And oftentimes it could start with with pornography but it could get worse if you're not careful. Right. Mhm. And, well, and so it the can point escalate where you need
0: to act it out with people and things like that and yeah and, yeah, and actually actually start and then you're really physically using someone then directly. Can, yeah. you can Yeah. Exactly. Um now what about like if, 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 if you're a, a girl a teenage girl or someone in their twenties who says well I, I'm not hurting anybody I don't look at pornography how how's it how's it wrong if I were to do x, y and z with a guy before marriage you know um what would you say to someone like that what what impact does it have on one's soul
1: I think it it's a fruit of impatience too um you know one time I heard a priest say that uh if you're you know dating someone and you know you fall into sins of impurity mm-hmm. um it's kind of like when Christmas is coming around, you get really excited for the gifts, and you really want to open the gifts too soon. Mm-hmm. Like when it's like December twelfth, you're like, "Oh, like I just want to know what I got for Christmas," and like you <laughs> just want to rip open the gift to be like, "Ah, oh, here's what I got." Right. But then it's not a special. It's like you you know you have to wait. Uh-huh. You just have to wait until you're married. You got to wait till Christmas.
0: Right. Because if it's not Christmas morning, you're ruining the whole point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. whole point of sex is to bond you with someone to be open to children. And the only way to be hundred percent sure you are bonding, your souls are connected, and that you're totally open to children and all the responsibilities that come with it, is if you are both completely committed. In which case, you'd be married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So what, you would any... you,
2: what would you say to that, as far as uh, not hurting anybody?
0: Well, what I've noticed is that from youth being a youth minister, teacher, etc., with with kids, especially when with this sin, is that it tends to numb your soul. Mm-hmm. You say you're not hurting anybody, but it tends to have the same effect as, like, getting high on your soul or a similar effect as, like, getting high or drunk. You're not hurting anybody, but it is numbing that flame of love and goodness. Like, you're not made to just get up in the morning and not hurt anybody. You're made to be a mm-hmm. saint. You're made to show the love of Christ in the cross or at least grow in that direction. What I've noticed is that impurity and being stuck in impure sins goes directly against that feeling of that flame of love you're supposed to have of getting up and being a saint for God and for others. Sure, you might not be hurting anybody, but it just gets you into this spiritual numbness. This this kind of like you know, the same idea is like oh, instead of going out and doing good, I'm just gonna sit on the couch and get high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of the same idea with impurity, right? You know, like it's it's no nobody is gonna if you're sitting there and you're looking forward to impure sins or you're committed to impure sins and you're not trying your best to get out of them, go to confession, stuff like that, pray about it, and you're stuck in them. I just I've very rarely met someone that is actively committing impure sins without trying to better themselves with it and actually being on fire from with God, for Mm -hmm. God, eventually one of those things is going to go either your, your zeal for your faith is going to go or, um, or you have to get rid of that impure sin because those things just don't mix. And I, like I said, it, it tends to have a numbing effect on your soul, kind of drowning out that flame of love of a saint that you're supposed to be. Um, not to mention, of course, the threat of hell at the end if you die a mortal sin. But, you know, that's where it gets, you know, kind of like case by case, how far is too far. You don't really want to get in too much to that because everybody's different. Um, but any lustful action, I would say, uh, you, you're, you're past kissing maybe, I would say, is you're in, the, in that area. Right. And you just mm-hmm. want to be careful. Yeah.
1: So what would you guys say to, let's say, you know, someone's listening and maybe they're struggling. Maybe they're struggling with impurity. Maybe they're viewing things that they shouldn't be viewing and it's leading to all kinds of sins. Yeah. And and maybe like maybe they're devout, you know. Maybe like, like maybe they understand that it's wrong. Um, like, what advice would you give to someone to like?
2: Yeah, just I would say just mm-hmm. be patient with mm-hmm. yourself and loving towards yourself, and and take care of yourself and take care of your soul by keeping up with the with the sacraments. It's so easy to get frustrated and to beat ourselves right. up, mm-hmm. uh, but also look at all the the fruits that are coming from it and all the good you are doing in trying to persevere and overcome these. These sins. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of the nicknames of the devil is the accuser. Mm-hmm. What he's gonna try to do is make you feel guilty. Uh now, feeling sorry and contrite is beautiful. That's awesome. Being humbled and sorry and wanting to do better, and like, God, I really you messed up and I'm and I'm sorry and I, I love you and I and I don't I don't want to use the people I'm thinking of. Like thoughts like that. That's beautiful. But absolute shame and guilt, that's from the devil to try to get you to give up. If he knows he can keep you on the ground and you're not getting up, then you're just going to keep sinning because mm-hmm. you have nothing else to do. Because you feel horrible and to distract yourself, you're going to sin more. Right. Uh, so what you want to do is not let the shame get to you. Um, I would recommend, as you said, Rock, staying close to the sacraments. Every time, if you mess up, get right to confession. Mm-hmm. That is a, such a good bounce back. After confession, um, you need to follow it up with prayer. Mm-hmm. If you don't follow it up with intentional prayer, and you're addicted to a sin, any sin, doesn't have yeah. to be impurity, you're going to fall right back into yeah. it. Uh, so I think number 1 confession, number 2 um and don't stop going to confession. Mm-hmm. Number 2 follow it up with immediate prayer, hard prayer like like, you know, intentional Maybe prayer. Too. A little bit of fasting cuz that's a great point. It mm-hmm. helps you to put your uh your soul in control of the urges of your body including mm-hmm. food. And finally, if there's a source of it, cut yourself off from the source. If it's a person, I'm sorry to say this but cut yourself off from them. Mm-hmm. But I don't doesn't mean you have to like hate them like and think they're a horrible person and be snobby about it. No, no, no. Just like pray for them but like they are uh, an occasion of sin, like cut them off. Um, if it's uh, if it's pornography or something like that, you know, set limits on your phone, set set screen time limits. Uh, get a get a, a buddy to accountability t- accountability mm-hmm. partner. They, they people at chastity speakers recommend. Um, you know, um, stuff like that. Set set limits on set blocking sites on your mm-hmm. your laptop, whatever it is, right? But you have to make moves to cut yourself off, uh, or else you'll keep going back to that same well. And that's like I said. Not trying to be weird about this. That's not just for impurity. That's for that's for alcoholism. That's yeah, for, that's say, for this, getting highs. Right. For any mortal sin or yeah. addictive sin, even mm-hmm. if it's not mortal, you got to cut yourself off from the source right. along with the prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And also it takes willpower. Uh, you know, if someone uh, is an alcoholic, obviously I'm not like judging them or saying like, oh, they're doomed.
2: Right. But if someone's
1: an alcoholic, they're gonna keep on being an alcoholic until they don't want to be anymore. Right. Like mm-hmm. they need that willpower. And if, and if they're not gonna give the willpower and also the the prayer power and, and the grace power and asking God to strengthen the will. If that doesn't come, they're just going to keep on being an alcoholic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm not
0: too much into the the positive thinking crowd. It sounds a little new agey to me, but actually here's where positive thinking does come in. I would also recommend imagining yourself free of it. Mm -hmm. Imagine you, imagine you getting up tomorrow morning with a smile on your face, hitting up confession, coming out of confession, starting brand new, renewed, Mm -hmm. brand new, talking to Jesus every single day, feeling good, getting a mass, finding a really good guy or girl later on that you've waited for, you know, like imagine yourself doing those things. That's almost like a prayer because you're kind of putting your trust in God. You're kind of putting faith in God that he's going to he's going to provide for you and he's going to make you a new creature as long as you let him and you're open to it. Mm-hmm. So that's almost that meditation of imagining God saving you, imagining getting to confession and having that grace and being a new person like even as, as close as tomorrow, even as close as next, the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Imagine you just getting up and just kicking this sin's butt. Right. And mm-hmm. how good you're going to feel, that's an act of trust in God. Mm-hmm. And um, I would right, very much recommend that as well.
1: And if you want extra help, go to Our Lady. Go to Mary. for If, if you're struggling with with any addiction, especially if it's impurity, go to Mary. Right. She's like, she's the head honcho with right. this. Yeah.
0: Also, probably the action, in fact, some theologians say, automatically the most beautiful woman mm-hmm. in the world. Yep. Because the soul of the body are connected, uh-huh. and many times when someone is very, very holy, it reflects in their body, their face, and every single apparition of Mary, the kids, like when the, when the kids see her or whoever the visionary is, when they see Mary, you think that you know they ask her questions like, oh, like what was it like to be around Jesus, and stuff like that, what's the best prayer to say, most of the time they look at her and they just can't, they only can stammer out, how are you so beautiful? Mm-hmm. And Medjugorje, when she appeared there, which I believe those original apparitions in the early 80s have been approved now, Um, the kids asked her they didn't say like oh you know like, what's it like (laughs) to be married how are you so beautiful why because her purity radiates out from her it's a different kind of beauty than what the world says it's a spiritual beauty that's reflected in the body so if there's one person that understands what it's like to be pure and one image that you can have in your mind that's like the opposite of impure temptations it's the blessed mother and by the way her nickname when she came as our lady of Guadalupe um When Juan Diego said, when she appeared to him, what is your name? What do I tell the bishop? They thought she said, I am Guadalupe. That's probably a mistranslation because there's a Guadalupe in Spain and the Spanish bishop and the translators probably thought she said, oh yeah, our lady Guadalupe, we have that in Spain. She probably said, I am Supe." which is Aztec, and it means she who crushes the head of the serpent. That's awesome. So not only is she pure, but she will just annihilate whatever yeah. whatever darkness is pulling on you with that purity. That's in, so impurity. cool. Yeah.
1: And it also reminds me of St. Joseph, too, because if Mary was, you know, the most beautiful woman ever, oh, yeah. especially because her body and soul are connected, and Joseph and Mary had a chaste marriage. Right. So it's like, just imagine, like, the self-control and the strength of Joseph. Of oh, Joseph, man. Like, jeez. Yeah. Oh.
0: So we, we have it right there. Your, your remedies.
1: Mm-hmm confession, prayer, yep.
0: fasting, f- you know, followed up by cutting yourself off from the sin mm-hmm. and go to the holy family. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay wow it's been a while so very quickly we could do a quick saint cup not mm-hmm. satan cup as we accidentally yep. said the first
1: time or almost said as long as you include the music <laughs> for the saint cup
0: oh yeah dude i love the music for the this yeah cup. i'm very proud of that little tiny blip of music that we found mm-hmm. <laughs> all right rock you want to as always yeah. do the honors all right okay rock is reaching into the saint cup now to pick a random name of a saint there's about 32 in there we've never
2: heard it before go i don't know much about this person I, but I think this is one of Anthony's favorites. Blessed Kiara. Oh, blessed. blessed. Kiara Badana. Very nice. I don't really I don't know anything about oh, cool. her. Right cool. We'll buckle
1: up, it's Rock. <laughs> it's Yeah, yeah, okay. it's a female. Yep. Uh, so she's the Saints Choose Us. She has been calling out to me ever since September. I've been seeing her name everywhere uh, on Instagram, uh, on all kinds of places. So I decided to just research her life and her, her devotion. To Christ has just been insane. And also how well she suffered. You know, sometimes we get all gloomy. Like, we look at our problems and we're like, oh, man, my life's horrible. Like I got this going on. Like, this person's annoying me. Like, you know, we just get so in our own heads. And I looked at her problem and what she had. Mm -hmm. She was totally healthy, uh, 17 years old, was playing tennis, had a pain in her arm. Went to the doctor. First of
0: all, she's modern. Just want to say that. Oh real yeah, quick. so she
1: died in 1990. Yeah. So that oh, wow. means she was she was alive while I was alive. A typical for, teenage Italian girl. Yeah. Yep. For at least ten months, because I was born '89. Anyway, um, <laughs> so she was playing tennis, had a pain in her arm, went to the doctor. The doctor told her, "You're gonna die in three months." Like, mm-hmm. and and she was totally healthy and only 17, wow. and she was really close to God. So Dan, what did she do next? Because you tell this part good, well.
0: Um. She was, her, mo- her mom tells the story, you can find it in the internet, but she saw that she- Kiara looked just sad and down, and she said she had her hood up and she was like using a walker to walk because she had been through so many treatments. And yeah, she was just told very bad news about her health, um, probably that she was going to pass soon. Her mom comes in and says, Um, Kiara, how did your tests go? How'd they go? And normally she was so happy and excited to talk to everybody, she was always cheerful. Uh, but in this situation, she said, Mom, let's not talk right now let's not talk right now she needed alone time she needed alone time about 25 minutes later and they because she was so good at this they called it kiara's 25 minutes 25 minutes later with a bright happy smile she said mom you can come back in we can talk now we can i'm ready to talk
1: and this this was after she just found out that she was gonna pass right most likely it was it was very bad news she got probably
0: that she was gonna pass uh uh-huh and all she needed was those 25 minutes to say her yes to god yep and say okay i'm fine with it like that's amazing what an incredible testament to the power of prayer that if you have Christ in your heart as we said before you can literally accept and get through anything even death as he did Yeah. so she needed 25 minutes to make to to, to talk to Jesus about it offer it up to him and totally accept that she was gonna die and she was completely happy after that Mm -hmm. in fact I heard another story the same video where her dad thought that when they would come visit her she'd always smile and make them laugh and no matter how much bad her suffering was she always had a smile on her face her dad thought, well, I'm glad she's trying to be nice, but she's probably just trying to keep us in good spirits. Mm-hmm. She's probably miserable. She's probably faking the smile just, just to, you know, to try to be nice to us, so we're not sad. So he decided to look through the keyhole of the door every mm-hmm. now and then to see if she was actually that happy and actually right. smiling, and he realized she was always like that. Yeah. He started looking through the keyhole during this whole year and a half process where she's sick and mm-hmm. dying and realized she was always smiling, always in prayer, even when she was alone completely and had no idea anybody was watching her.
1: Yeah, and I also know that she had a really... Pain, I forget what the disease was, but it was really painful, and she resisted... It was some kind of bone cancer. Yeah. yeah. She resisted any type of pain medication, any morphine, anything that would take away the pain. She resisted it because she said she wanted to offer every single ounce of suffering for God. Yes, she yeah. would take
0: very little pain meds, like Advil. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. because, And the reason was because... When she did take morphine one time, she realized that she lost her lucidity. Uh She wasn't conscious, and she was all out of it in a funk, and she wanted to be able to consciously offer the pain to Jesus. Right, wow. That's why she, which is crazy. And Rock, weirdly enough, when you were on fire (laughs) and your lung collapsed, what did
2: you do? Uh, I had a collapsed lung. I woke up with a collapsed lung when I was 19 years old. I'm not going to tell the whole story Right after
0: our conversion experiences, so we were on spiritual fire. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah I was total, totally zealous for the faith and when I was admitted into the hospital room uh and they wanted to insert a breathing tube in me uh, to reinflate my lung with oxygen um I refused anesthesia because I consciously wanted to offer the, as you said offer the pain to the lord right That's and awesome. and 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 all of the the nurses and the doctor could not they were incredulous that I was doing that like they could not believe it Such a and boss. I, and I just and I just took it like wow. i just, no emotion i stay that i say that humbly but i was just kind of stoic about it and i just let them do what they had to, to do and i didn't numb myself as a all. spiritual that's, boss like yeah. i really wanted to be a saint in that moment that's crazy. And just as a
0: disclaimer there's nothing in catholic teaching that says you have to do that yeah uh, next yeah. time you're sick or you are I don't recommend have, that i don't i i wouldn't recommend that but right. this is all depending what, on where you're at spiritually and what you feel you need to do but What the saints would do, and that's why Rock we're so proud of you for doing it at this time, because we're just on our spiritual honeymoon phase. What the saints would do is offer pain up because pain is the greatest way to love. Mm -hmm. Jesus made pain, suffering, and even offering death, which Kiara did do. He He turned that, when he died on the cross, he turned that into the greatest way to love. So when you, you know, God is love. So the more confidence and love you pray with, the more you're giving God to work with when you're praying for somebody. So if Ant's embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars from JMJ, which hopefully he's not doing because we don't even have that anywhere near (laughs) that kind of money. But if Ant's embezzling money from JMJ and I want to pray for his conversion, I can pray and God will hear that. But if I really want to pray with a lot of love and a lot of intensity, I can fast. Because I'm putting myself through a mini suffering. It's kind of tough and there's more love there. Mm -hmm. So that's where this all comes from. This is not a self-punishment. This is not a masochism. This is not like I hate myself and I'm punishing myself. This is like imagine the saints having so much love for the lord because of christ in their hearts that they just couldn't contain themselves they're just actively looking for ways things to offer up to god out of love as like super prayers that's yeah. how that works what, you know?
2: how would you distinguish between masochism and and that if were to ask you.
0: yeah that's when you're, you're masochism is when you're doing it to do it you're, you're 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 suffering either to punish your some people are it's not masochistic but there're they they want to punish themselves for their sins like because they're mad at themselves, they don't like themselves, and that's why they go through physical. They put themselves through physical um,
2: pain. That's not. Rec- that's not. So what's in the fact, difference? Yeah, between that and like because, and like mortification right, of because the this
0: flesh. right the, the the source of physically punishing yourself because you're mad at yourself is discouragement. It's actually of the devil. I don't like myself. I need to punish myself for my sins. Well, dude, like Jesus took that punishment on the cross. He forgave your sins. You don't need to punish yourself because you don't like yourself. That's that's. And then masochism is when you're doing it because you're getting a kick out of it. That's not really love because you're doing it because in some weird way, you're enjoying the pain. Mm-hmm. So you're doing it for your own enjoyment. You're not doing it because you love Jesus or God or mm-hmm. because you are praying for somebody. The saints, on the other hand, were filled with such an intense love that they just couldn't wait to offer up their sufferings as a super prayer out of love for God, out of love for others, for their conversions. Not because they enjoyed the pain, not because they hated themselves. Uh, so there's the difference it's yeah. what, in, in its source. This wow, long podcast yeah. today.
1: One more thing to say. Oh, go ahead. Um, a couple of days ago, I posted q and A Q&A on Insta- on Instagram, and someone asked a question about purity. The question was about uh, what's your opinion on you know like saving sex for marriage. And I answered the question on the JMJ Instagram. Yeah. And for usually I I throw like some picture from my camera roll in the story and type over that picture. And for whatever reason, I chose a tweet. That we put out from Blessed Chiara, but or Chiara. How oh, you, nice. I think
0: it's Chiara. Chiara yeah. Badano.
1: So, like, I attached that to the answer to the question about purity, and today's podcast was about purity, and we chose her in the same. Wow! Thing. Wow! So, Interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: also, it makes sense because she was a young girl, and mm-hmm. this is a purity is, is something that everyone struggles with of pretty much all ages. But the, the temptations are more intense the younger you are. Mm-hmm. You know, past you know thirteen, fourteen. You know, you yeah. get to, you know. So, for any young people out there whether you're in your 30s, 20s, or teens listening to this podcast, but anybody really, look at Kiara as an example. Uh, it's spelled C-H-I-A-R-A, Blessed Chiara uh, Badano. Luce Badano, B-A-D-A-N-O. Um, so you can ask for her intercession. She's always there to help you. She loves you, as this all the saints do in Christ, by the way, which way I want to make a video about. There's so many our TikToks, we get so much flack from Protestants. Like, I love Protestants. We're on the same team. We share the same baptism. Mm -hmm. Our culture's so messed up, we need to rally with them and figure out the doctrinal differences later, I think. Not that you should ever back down from Catholic teaching, but uh, it makes me sad. We get so much flack from people that don't understand the saints, but the saints through Christ, through your baptism, are with him, rooting for you, pulling for you. They're like your family. The Blessed Mother being the queen of all of them as sinless and immaculately conceived. They love you. They're on your side. Ask for their help all through Christ, all in Christ, all done through the power of Jesus and his merits on the cross. Amen. <laughs> amen. Let's say a quick prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.
2: Lord, thank you for um, this podcast tonight. Um, please uh, help all those who are struggling in the in the battle with purity. Uh, help them to overcome these temptations, these sins. Uh, give them a spirit of fortitude, And courage and perseverance, especially when they feel down or discouraged, uh, every time they do succumb to these temptations. Um, So, yeah, we pray for all of our viewers uh, and thank you for your continued support. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Blessed Chiara Badano, (laughs) pray Pray for for us. (laughs) In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless.